What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. So go ahead and grab, again, if you do have a Bible, let's go to, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament. I quizzed the first experience. 2 Corinthians comes after 1, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty simple. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is where we're going to start from. i got a couple of verses here that I want to start with. And uh, while we're turning there, today, I know you already knew that today was a special day, but today's a really special day. I'll tell you why. Did you, do you want to know why? <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, because today, my youngest child becomes a teenager today. Wow. And we're going to sing. No, I'm joking. We're not, we're not going to do that. He was like, do not have them sing. So I'm not going to do that. Oh, see, I'm just spontaneous. Nothing much to do about it. But since we're on the clock, we're not going to sing. And, um, but Jaden, I love you, bud. 13. You're all grown now. We got it figured out. That's fantastic. For all the parents who do have teenagers or even beyond, you know, there's something about when your youngest goes into that season that you're like, wow, my back really does start to hurt now. And my knees hurt. I must be getting older. Anyway. But it's a beautiful day. We get to celebrate that later with him today. But even though he wants to think everybody came here today because it's his birthday, which you did, we're also here because we get to celebrate Jesus today. We get to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And we're going to dive into that. I want to read a couple of verses to you, and then we're going to open in prayer. And um, you could have been anywhere, but you're here. And we're we're grateful that you came here today. We're really grateful. All right, we're going to go to, again, what did I say? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14 and verse 15. Again, you can follow along on the screen. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. And since we believe that Christ died for all, can you say all? All. It's kind of important to know that this Jesus thing is, is for everybody. We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died, and here's the kicker, was raised for them. He didn't just die for you, but he was also raised for you. And that's the celebration. That's the hope that we have today. Father, I thank you for for these moments that we have. I thank you for all these amazing people. God, we thank you that uh, around our world today, the celebration is taking place. That all over our planet, there are more and more people who are coming to the understanding and the revelation of who you are. And realizing, Father, that you are gracious and that you are loving, that you are compassionate and kind and merciful. And so, Father, I pray today, Lord, just in the minutes that we have together, that that we would get out of the way and make room for you to come through. Because, God, we know that what you desire here today is not religion. You're not here because you desire to have a religion with anybody, Father. You want a relationship. So, uh, so Father, we just pray that that comes through to to, to the center stage, to the front today, as we're able to connect with you and who you are. So we pray that you would remove any barriers, any hindrances, and allow us to open up our ears and our heart to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So as I, was, as I was preparing for today, 
specifically, and, and uh, all, I was, uh, all over the world right now, there are churches that are just trying to swing for the fences today. They're like, this is our shot. You know, it's like, but if you come to Convo Church, here's something that you need to understand is that what you experience here today is what you would experience absolutely any given week. Any given Sunday, because what we celebrate is something that we celebrate year-round. It's always fun. It's always lively. It's always energetic, because that's what we're about. Uh, I tell people all the time, like, you walk in, there's a sign that says, you are coming into a room filled with faith. This is not a library or a funeral, so you don't have to be quiet. You can even talk to me while we're doing this. I actually prefer that, and some people would even say it makes me talk faster. I don't know if that's good or not, but we'll see. But as I was even preparing for today, it's, it's not like... I felt like I was, I was having a hard time like zeroing in, like, God, what do you want to say? It's not like there's not a whole lot that's said about today. I don't have to search scripture and ask for help to find out what the Bible has to say about today. We have the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all give accounts of, of the whole process of the Holy Week and the crucifixion and, and what Jesus went through and the resurrection of Christ. And, and so, yeah, right, just, just pick a Pick a book, pick a couple of verses, share a couple of thoughts, and, and let's get on to our Easter brunch, lunch, whatever we got to do. But, but at the end of the day, this isn't just about checking a religious box of making sure we did our duty on Easter. This is about God coming through to be able to show to humanity who he is and the heart that he has for you and the love that he has for you and for me. And that's what we're going to dive into today. We've had this, this theme, cross equals love, and, and we're going to dive into that because that statement in and of itself a couple of thousand years ago would have been one of the dumbest things that you absolutely could have said because it makes no sense. But what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to see today is that what Jesus did took what the enemy meant to, to, to paint a picture of judgment and punishment and destruction and turned it into something that's one of the most beautiful, powerful things that we could ever imagine I think the, the crazy thing when I think about this is that is, it's not just what Jesus did on the cross. Sometimes that's what we focus on because it was kind of a big deal. It was kind of significant what he not just did, but what he went through, what he endured. But Jesus, when he walked this earth, man, even before he got to that point, there was amazing things happening. Sometimes I, sometimes I joke about like, if I was God, I would have done things a little bit differently. Well, that's, that's why I'm not, because I would have really messed it up. But there are some things that God did where I'm like, why'd you do it that way? Like, it, I'm just, you know, going to give you a little piece of advice, God. I think it could have been easier if you had done it this way. Or, you know, you, you, you sent your son to go through all this trouble. You're God. Couldn't you have just, like, done that and, like, make, make all the evil go away and make people start do good things and, and make all the bad, you know, just dissipate? And God's like, no, that's why you're not me. And, uh, and I have a plan. And I have a plan that involves making sure that not only can I identify with what humanity goes through, because God doesn't need to identify. He knows but to make sure that humanity can know that God knows what humanity is going through. That's, why, that's one of the biggest reasons why he sent Jesus, because he wants us to know that he knows the life that we face, the things that we're going through, the struggles that we endure, the challenges that we have to face, and show us how we can get through to the other side. One of the things we talk about at Convo Church all the time is this whole victorious aspect of being a Jesus follower. Being a, being a Christian isn't about like slugging through life. And I, I just did two fingers because like, that's a sloth. But slugging through life. Sorry, my, well, this is my section up here. And, uh, and just, you know, just making it through, right? Just all, if I can just get to heaven because that's what it's all about. Man, this life is terrible, but if I just make it to the end, that's not what it's supposed to be like. That doesn't mean that the challenges of life are just going to magically go away because um, all of a sudden you believed in God. That's, that's not what happens. 
But the fact is, is that God has called us to live in a victorious life. He's called us to live in a different reality that says when Jesus did what he did on the cross, and not just on the cross, but when he, when he finished through with the whole plan and rose from the dead, he created a victorious reality that you and I get to live in. Because Jesus won, we get to win. You're like, when? There's a battle. Who are we fighting? Is it over like people that we don't like and disagree with? Is it over different perspectives and, and, and personalities and religions and nations? No, it's not about that. Because scripture also says this really beautiful thing that, that you and I, we don't fight against flesh and blood. One of the things our world needs to know more than ever is that people are not our enemy. We gotta stop treating people like they're our enemy. It's important because here's the deal. Even though there may be things that we do to each other that isn't necessarily painting a picture of love and humanity, we have to remember there, there is an enemy and it's an enemy of God. It's an enemy of the people who are created in the image of God. He doesn't want us to understand our purpose. He doesn't want us to love each other. He doesn't want us to get along because the more that he can create division, the more he can separate us, not just between each other. Division between us also means division between God. So God actually did something as crazy and I think as ridiculous as possibly could be. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ. It says in Philippians that Jesus actually left his throne. He left heaven and he took on the form. This is, and this is strong language. Jesus took on the form of a slave, speaking to humanity in the context of where Jesus was. He took on the form of a slave, a, a person, a human, and lived the life that you and I have to live so that he could be the savior of that very life. Right? Wouldn't it be easy for him to just walk in and be like, all right, guys, it's okay. Jesus is here. I'm Jesus. We're good. Um, now that I'm here, I'm just going to snap my fingers, and as long as you follow me, everything's, everything's going to be fine. No. Jesus it says that he was tempted in every way that we were tempted, yet he did not sin. He was tested in every way. He was tried in every way. He experienced brutality. He experienced abuse. He experienced rejection. Anybody can identify with this? He experienced having people that he thought were the closest turn their backs on him. And on top of that, he experienced what we all can read in the accounts of the abuse and the brutality that he went through leading up to the cross, the, the, the horrible brutality and reality of the cross. But I'm just so glad that it didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Because here's the deal. Here's the deal with Jesus. If it stopped right there, if everything that he did when he walked on this earth, all his teaching, even the miracles, the signs and the wonders, and it went all the way up to the cross, and he went to the cross, and he went through it. We would not be doing this today. The, the, the name of Jesus, see, around our entire world right now, not everybody believes in who Jesus is in the full scope. I'm, I'm not, you know, ignorant enough to think that that's true. No, I know that's not real. There's, there's other thoughts and other religions. But the name of Jesus is one of the most revered and respected names around the world. Even for those who don't identify or believe in that yet, and that's Okay. And I always kind of stay on a side note when it comes to church, because here's the deal. We, we're, we're here all the time, and our, our desire is that people would find community. And so Convo Church is not the type of place where you gotta, you got to act like us, look like us, talk like us, and, and so that you can be a part of us. No, we're actually here for you. We're not here, you're not, you're not a, a, an outsider coming into a country club that has a, a set rules and, and, uh, and, a, and a special language that you don't know. And No, we're, we're here because we are here to serve our city. And so if you're here, you're at home. And we just want you to feel welcome at home because you may not believe everything that we, that we believe, but you still need a community of people who are going to believe in you and who are going to love you and are going to help you walk out this thing called life. And when you do trip and fall, people who aren't going to you know, kick you while you're down, but they're actually going to get down with you and grab you by the hand and pull you back up. 
That's really what the church is supposed to be, but it is all centered around who Christ is. And so if we become exclusive about the people who only believe like we do, then we actually miss out on doing what Jesus did. Because when Jesus came into the world, guess what? He came into a world of people who were rejecting him. Even though they said they believed that who he was or what they thought he was was coming, they believed that the Messiah was going to come. They believed that there is a God. The Bible says, congratulations, you believe that there is a God. So do the demons. Like, oh, that's no, that doesn't really sound like a good standard for me anymore. I feel like <laughs> I'm down here with those guys. I need to be up a little bit. No, Jesus wants us to take it deeper, and it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And so if, if all the things that Jesus did leading up to the cross and even going to the cross, if he doesn't raise from the dead, then everything that we are about is absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's completely foolishness. Because if you were to take the face value of the things that Jesus said about himself, the claims that he made, let's just take away 2,000 plus years of distance. Let's bring him into 2021. Not 2020, we don't want to do that. Let's bring him into 2021. And he starts saying the same things that he said over 2,000 years ago. I don't know about you. You're probably way better than me. But for me, if some dude starts showing up and starts talking about how he is God and he starts talking about how, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to rise from the dead and uh, he's going to do signs and wonders and miracles and, and starts talking about how his blood is going to be the thing that, you know, you're like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what, what's this, what are you talking about? You know, there were, if you follow Jesus, there were the closest ones to him. There were his disciples. There were even kind of like some fringe disciples and it always says there was the crowd. We like, I would like to think that I would have been like a Jesus follower if I was there in the flesh, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you would. Maybe you feel good about that. Maybe you're like, yeah, I would have been, man. I would have been one of his 12, I think, probably, maybe. Maybe like even in an inner circle, I feel like I would have rolled with Jesus. I do. I don't know. I, would, I hope I would have, but I kind of feel like I might have been one of those dudes in the, in the crowd, like on the outside looking in. Like this is, in, this is interesting, but this is kind of weird. And maybe you came in that way today. Like you're just like, I don't know about this. This is kind of, I'm on the outside, I'm here, but I'm on the outside, you know, or maybe like not yet, but I am online. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of tiptoeing in that direction, which is why we did it, by the way. Because <clears throat> we know not everybody's just going to walk up in a church and be like, all right, I'm here at church. I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, like, I can't come to your church. I'm like, oh my gosh, why? What do we do? They're like, well, I just, place is probably going to burn down if I walk through. I'm like, that's, that's just the physics of that is not, you know. <laughs> You know, it's like, no, like this is, but that, that's the thing. Like Jesus, there was a crowd. Everywhere he went, there was a crowd. Because people, some of them just wanted to see, kind of see the freak show, the circus. Like some of them were just kind of watching to see if the miracles were real or if, or if you know, it was somebody that was around the corner and they paid him, you know, $5. All right, pretend like you can't walk. And when everyone else shows up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you and then get up and walk and just act really happy about it. Like wanted to see if he was kind of pulling some tricks. Or maybe they were just hungry because they're like, he just, I just heard he like, Fed 5,000 people, so if it's a free meal involved, I'll show up for this. What do we got, bread, fish? Okay, good, I'm in, you know, it's whatever's going on. Now, so we, we hope, you know, I wish that I would think that I would be in there, like all in for Jesus. But I don't know. I don't know if I would have been. But here's the thing, if he didn't raise from the dead, if he didn't conquer death, hell, and the grave in the way that he did, then everything else, he, Jesus wouldn't be a good person. He would be a lunatic like, you can't take some of what Jesus said and not believe everything that Jesus said. And here's why. Because some of what he said, if he doesn't fulfill what he said he would, it's absolute lunacy. Like, why would we even follow that or believe that? But because of the power and the greatness of God, because he 
did raise from the dead, because we are here today celebrating that, because we do have hope, because we do have life, because our faith does actually produce something, because there is love from God, there is grace that we receive, because there is kindness, because there is mercy, because we don't have to continue to struggle along in this thing called life, but we can actually walk in the purposes of who God is for us. Man, that's why we have something to hold on to. That's why we have this thing called life that we get to hang on to. But the cross equals love. So um, any, any, you don't have to raise your hand. Any cross necklaces in the house today? I mean, it's just, it's a thing. Like we have, any, any cross tattoos? Anybody got your favorite Bible verse under it? Okay. Like do that 2,000 years ago and you'd get locked up. Not because you broke a law, but because it would be the weirdest thing that anyone had ever seen. See, when we think about the cross now, we don't think of it in the context of what it really was. See, 2,000 plus years ago, there was this empire that was ruling the majority of the known world. It was called the Roman Empire. And anyone who spoke out against the empire, anybody who, 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 uh, who committed a crime that they deemed was uh, punishable by death, they went to the cross. Historians would say the Romans didn't invent the cross. They just perfected it. Wow, what a plaque to hang up in your office. We perfected the death penalty through the cross. But that's what, the, that's what the cross was. It was the death penalty. That'd be like you having a necklace or a tattoo that had like a lethal injection syringe or like an electric chair or a firing squad or whatever. Like it'd, be, it'd be wildly inappropriate to walk around and wear that as just a normal piece of jewelry. But we do that when we wear the cross. We do that when we get it you know, inked on our skin. The fact that, that this thing that used to represent something so detrimental, so damaging, it represented capital punishment. It represented judgment, it represented pain, it represented fear. But today, when we think about the cross, it represents something completely different. And why, like what, what act, what person could be so great and so powerful to, to make such a shift in the way the world looks at something that was meant for destruction? Only Jesus, only Jesus. Because he wasn't the only person that was ever crucified. I don't know if you knew this. Like the, the, the Roman Empire during their time, there were tens of thousands of people who were, who were, who were murdered and killed and, and punished on the cross. But there was only one who actually changed the identity of what the cross was. And his name is Jesus. And that's the name that we celebrate today. That's the name that gives us hope here today. So because of the resurrection, the cross does equal love. Because of the, resur the resurrection of Christ, there is hope for our life. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we can have forgiveness of everything that we've ever jacked up. And let's just be honest, let's not pretend and be pretentious here in church like we're above that. No, we have messed up everything. Everything, we have messed it up. But because of the, because of the resurrection of Christ, we have forgiveness of all of those things. We have fresh start. I don't care how many fresh starts you need, you don't need to stop because the God's got plenty. He's not, he's not checking his pockets and looking in his bank account to make sure he's got enough forgiveness for you. No, he's overflowing with love. He's overflowing with forgiveness. So stop selling yourself short and thinking that, man, I've, I've messed up too many times. I've come to him too many times. That's probably enough. I'm just going to mess up again. Mess up again. Do it. It's fine. Just keep coming back to the cross. Keep coming back to an empty cross and an empty tomb because that's why you can have hope for a new day. That's why you can have hope for the next day ahead of you and for the day after that. You don't have to be ruled anymore by the things that have been trying to take you out. They do not own you. They do not have control over you. That's the power of the cross, and that's the power of a resurrected Christ. Let me read this to you. I already read a couple of these verses when we started out, but 
Um, but there's a couple more here in, in 1 Corinthians 15. Actually, it's, a, it's not. It's a completely different section because this is 1 Corinthians. And if y'all were paying attention, if I was paying attention, I would know that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul is, uh, the apostle Paul is talking here and he goes, I passed on to you what was most important. So that got my attention. I'm like, well, wow, that sounds important. And what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. Verse 13, for if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless. And you should be out hunting eggs somewhere or something today. Actually, it wouldn't happen. Anyway, and we apostles would, be, would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. This is just logic here. This isn't even deep theology. This is just thinking outside the bounds and looking at this logically. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, talking about Adam in the beginning, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Christ. And just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, listen to this, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. So a couple of things really stood out to me when I was thinking about this because I'm like, all right, so basically because of the resurrection of Christ, you know, fill in the blank. And I even sent it out to some of our team. I'm like, shoot, shoot me some thoughts. Like when I say this, like what, what comes out to you? And I mean, there's just ideas after ideas and they were all fantastic. They were all so powerful. There were probably hundreds and hundreds of things that if we did a round table right now, a really, really big round table uh, right now. Like you guys could come up with something that was personal for you. Because of the resurrection of Christ, and you, you know, I'm forgiven. Because of the resurrection of Christ, I don't have to uh, submit to depression anymore. Because of the resurrection of Christ, my marriage is gonna make it. Because, I mean, we could fill in the blanks with all the different things, right? So I, there, but there were two that stuck out to me that, that as I was even thinking about my own life, because you gotta understand that, that nobody who steps up on top of a platform and has a microphone is better than somebody who's sitting in a seat listening. This is, this is about what's happening here, and it's about what's happening right here. We gotta understand that there's a transformational work that God is doing in each and every single one of us. And it's a process, right? It takes time. It doesn't just, we don't flip switches and everything's magically done. There's no Disney pixie dust that gets sprinkled over top of you. You do the twirl, right, the, the Disney twirl, and then boom, you turn into, you know, some magical prince or princess. That's not how this works. No, there's a journey. And God is faithful for the entire journey. So because of the resurrection, let me give you, I'm gonna give you two things. Because of the resurrection, we are free from sin. We're free from it. And those people are like, oh, man, you're talking about sin. You're going to be judging me because, you know, you think I do this and that. All right, let's, again, let's, can, we, can we level the playing field for every single one of us? We all have fallen short of God's standard, every single one of us. And it doesn't matter when we start writing down, well, you did this, and, man, I didn't do that. So, you know, you're, you're probably here. I may not be up here, but I'm definitely not down there. So I'm kind of in this. I didn't kill anybody. You know, that's, that's our first one, right? It's like, that's, that's the standard. Okay, fantastic. It's like, and what if you did? So what? Can God forgive that? Yes. Let's put ourselves on the same playing field. We have all fallen short of what God says is the standard for our life. 
And it's not a standard of rules and regulations where you just have to walk around like, like a robot and can't make any mistakes. No, it's not about that because sin doesn't, isn't just coming from a list. Sin is simply you and me missing the mark. That's it. Actually, in the original language, it was the, the word that they used in Hebrew because the, uh, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. When it talks about sin, it was an archery term. I'm not an archer. I kind of want to be, but I don't know. It seems expensive. Anyway, it was, a, it was an archery term that meant that you missed the bullseye. It was off the mark. So God has a standard that he desires for our life. And again, it's not just some standard of rules and regulations and wear a tie, which I won't, and, and you know, other aspects. No, it's, it's a standard of relationship with God. And when we miss the mark and there's sin in our life that we don't deal with, it's not just about, oh, you broke the rules, you're in time out. No, it's about, no, you, you missed the mark because I want a relationship with you. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know what I created you to be. I want you to be able to walk in the purpose that I have for you. I actually want you to be in relationship with the people that I've even destined for you to be in relationship. And if you're hitting the target over here, you're missing what I'm, what I'm shooting for right here in your life. Because what I have for you, the Bible says his, his will for us is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's good, right? I mean, those good, all right, that sounds good. Pleasing, that's not bad. Perfect, wow, fantastic. Good, pleasing, and perfect. I'll take that. If that's what God wants for me, then that's what I want as well. And I want to go after it with everything that I have. And it doesn't make me a religious person because I go after God. It doesn't make me a religious weirdo because I'm passionate about living for Jesus. It makes me someone who is beginning to understand that I was created for something so much bigger than me. I begin to become somebody who realizes I was created in the very image of God. The seed and the DNA of God is alive inside of me. And, but it stays hidden and it stays dormant until we realize that that purpose is awakened through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm lost. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Thank you. There'll be an altar call for that later. <laughs> All right, let me, give, let me give you the second one. This is, our, this is the second one. This is where we wrap up. Point number two here. It says, we are, we are free to live. We're free to live. I think at times, if you, if you take human nature and you try to accomplish some type of religiosity, it doesn't give you freedom in life. It actually gives you a whole lot of bondage because everything becomes about what you can do, what you can't do, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, who, who you can be with, who you can't be with, what you, all these things. And, and does that mean that if you are in God, there aren't limitations and there aren't boundaries? No, that's not what that means. But the, the target, the focus, God has always wanted the focus to be about relationship with him. So for example, I'm married. This is my wife of 20 plus years, 20 plus a couple of months. <laughs> I just made it sound more than it's like almost 21. No, we just are 20th anniversary in January. And we have three kids. So I, I don't want to make her happy just because there are things that I can do to, to make her happy. Well, actually, actually, there are, and that I probably should do more of those things. But the goal, even though she's a, anybody a checklist person, like that's just how you live your, that's how, and that's how you think the world should operate. So my wife is a checklist person. So there, there could be things. I can do these things, and it will make her happy. But the point of our relationship is intimacy. Like, that's the whole point. The point is not just to get stuff done. So what religion does is it makes you think the point of a relationship with God is just to get stuff done. Act better. Read your Bible more. Pray more hours. Attend church more frequently. Find the perfect place. That's religion. 
Religion says, I'm going to accomplish what God has for me on my own. But what relationship says is that I just want you to be there. I just want you to be there. Now, does that mean that there aren't things that I shouldn't do because I'm married to my wife? Absolutely. Are there things that could get me in a whole lot of trouble if I do those things? Absolutely. Are there things that can ruin my relationship with my wife? Absolutely. I'm not going to do those things not just because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, check boxes. I'm doing those things because I don't want to mess up the intimacy of our relationship. So when you look at sin, not in the matter of checking boxes and, well, if you're going to be a Christian, it means that you can't do this. Stop doing that. Can't be a Christian. It's like last time I checked, we all did all of those things. <laughs> and God still loved us. The Bible actually says that it was in, this is my paraphrase, on your dirtiest messed up day ever. The day that you don't want nobody to know about. The day that you wish that God couldn't even know about. That's the day where God was looking at you as Jesus is on the cross saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's the day where, where, where the father looked at him and goes, that's my son. That's my daughter. I love them. I love them. They have so much potential. I can't wait to get a hold of their life. And that's, and that's it. Like if you don't get anything else, would you get that today? That God's not waiting for you to get fixed so that you can have a relationship with him. God is simply just waiting for you to come before him and say, hey, here I am. This is it. I hope this is okay. I'm pretty sure I'm still broken. I'm still messed up. I still have flaws. I still have shortcomings. But this is all I got. Is this, is this okay, God? Is this, are, is this okay with you? And the Father says, yes, would you come to me? Yes, I love you. Yes, I want a relationship with you. Are there things that I will improve in your life because it's going to make your life more free to live? Yes, but you know what? That's going to happen as we walk it out together. You got to stop saying that I'm going to get myself all fixed up and then I'll come to God. As soon as I get through this season, then I'll, you know, I'll get serious about God. Forget that mess because it doesn't work. Forget it. That's, that's never going to get you to where God has called you to be. That's never going to get you into the relationships that God wants to give you that are going to be fulfilling for you. You don't have to go searching on your own to find the right relationship, find the right man, find the right woman, find the right job, find the perfect church. Stop all that. Just come before God humbly and open and surrender to him and let his love do what only his love can do. He rose from the dead so that he could do something with it. Let him do that. Let him love you. Let the power of his resurrection transform your life. Stop trying to do it on your own. Freedom in God. Sometimes we think, well, freedom is just me getting to do whatever I want to do. No, that's not, that's not freedom. That's actually, if we want to be real about it, that's actually more in alignment with you being comfortable with being broken and in the, the, the slavery of humanity than it is about freedom in God. Freedom in God means it's freedom to be everything that you were created to be. And I can't think of any freedom that is more fulfilling and more powerful than that. Yeah, there's other things that we could do and freedoms we can have and, and, and you know, only God can judge me, which I would not wait until that time. There's a life that God has called us to live. It's a life that's not possible if Jesus doesn't come out of that grave. You know, one of the things I loved in that passage that I read to open up our whole experience today um, talks about how the angel showed up, and boom, earthquake, rolls the stone, and it says the ladies were there. And it actually, in a couple of the other counts, it says that when the stone was already rolled away when the ladies showed, which, shout out to the ladies, by the way. The dudes were, were hiding up in some room somewhere. Ladies were like, I'm going to go see some Jesus, you know. 
The first, the first preachers of the gospel were women. I know that might rock some people's theology. Well, that was just that one time, but not now. Shut up. Anyway. Happy Easter. Where'd that come from? Oh, here we go. I'm back. No. I love how in Matthew, the account of Matthew, you're still with me. Don't leave yet. Okay. In the account of Matthew, it says the ladies were there and the angels showed up and rolled the, rolled the stone away while they were there. And the reason why I personally think that's the most accurate of the four accounts is because we see later, Jesus was just popping into places and just showing up, like after his resurrection. He wasn't knocking on doors, walking through doors. Like he would literally would just, boom, he's right there in the middle of a room. Boom, he's through, you know, that's the glorified body. So he was, <laughs> Jesus wasn't inside the tomb. Hey, angel, are you here yet? Somebody let me out. A little stuffy up in here. No, he didn't need the stone rolled away for Jesus. The stone needed to be rolled away for us. Because he want, God wanted us to see that the work was already done. The angel was like, take a look inside. That's where they put him. He's not there. That was a big thing. So Jesus, Jesus didn't need the stone rolled away so that he could walk out. The stone was rolled away so that we could see he was already gone. He was already gone. So because he's gone from the tomb, because he's alive, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there another time because you'll have to come back, and I really hope that you will. I hope you'll come back next week. We wanna meet you. We wanna connect with you. We wanna build a relationship. We wanna see this thing that God is starting in your hearts today begin to take life, begin to grow. And no, you don't have to change clothes and come back to church next week and look, look different or act different. Just show up. You'll see that you're around a whole bunch of other people that we still need Jesus. A whole lot of them. It's going to be good. But you got to understand something, that God has called you to live a free life. And that freedom is going to come by saying yes to a relationship with Him. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ComboChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories, and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening, and make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.